can be of our own strength. Help us to put that away to receive your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to remember that God, God's created everything you see. He breathed it into existence. You remember when his people were caught up in slavery? He rescued them. What he did was he parted the sea. And he made a way for them, and then he delivered their enemies to them, and he unlocks wounds, and he provides water from a rock, and he provides manna from heaven, and he brought down the walls of Jericho. He froze the sun, allowing victory. He's toppled giants with tiny stones. He's brought fire from heaven. He shut the mouths of lions. He preserved life in the belly of a well. He's fed thousands with a few loaves. He gives the weak strength. He heals the sick. He's made the blind see, the deaf ear, the mute speak, the lame walk, and he's overcome evil, and he's made a way through death for you and me by the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, that we will live with him forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. What are we afraid of? His resume is flawless. He controls everything. And he loves you. I think I heard an amen out there, but yes, that is definitely an amen moment. God is sovereign and he controls everything and he loves you. I love the message behind that video. I'm just going to move these out of the way, hopefully without dropping them, because apparently I have a tendency to do that. As I'm getting started, Please open the Bibles in front of you or on your apps, on your cell phone, your tablets, what you've brought with you. There's Bibles in your pews. To Proverbs chapter 16 this morning, Proverbs 16. And thank you for Jessica for that wonderful children's message today. Uh, I heard numerous people kind of shouting out, whether it be physically as they turned to me or whether it be in their minds, heresy. Did you, did you listen to this, Pastor, before she... Coffee... Coffee is not needed? What? Fishing. Hey, that says something. I noticed coffee before fishing. But yes, you're correct, and I, I, I just thank you. And this is why sometimes we need to make sure we read all the way through a message, why we need to listen all the way through a message, why we need to see, think objectively through something and, and make sure we don't just shut off our ears, shut off our minds, because we hear something we did not like. Because if you listen to the whole part of the message, you can see how it comes around. And in the end, Jessica did say, it's not that coffee isn't okay. It's not that sports aren't okay. It's not that hunting's not okay. But the fact of the matter is, God comes first. I love the saying, and it's a website which actually shares testimonies of people, people's stories of their conversion, their acceptance of Christ, called I Am Second. When in reality, it's not just that I am second. Everything should be second to God. God is number one. God should always be number one. And today, we are speaking about the sovereignty of God. Now, here's the interesting thing or the funny thing. As I notice often when I preach, and some of our worship leaders also experience, and some of you can also say, when you're preaching on a certain subject matter, 
or you're singing about a certain subject matter, Satan loves to try and throw a wrench into things and try and mess it all up and try and make us realize we're not in control. But what matters ultimately is not that we're in control, but that we, ma- that we remember that God is in control. Today we preach about the sovereignty of God and about how God is in control. And yet Dustin came in this morning thinking that he had everything practiced, everything ready to go. He was even here early so that he could have his guitar tuned up, ready for when the rest of the band got here. And I I remember praising him for that. I said, Dustin, I love this. You're just like me. You want to make sure everything's ready before anybody else shows up. He, He might have even been thinking he was trying to beat me. That's hard to do on a Sunday morning, though. But he plugged in his guitar. It didn't work. You notice we had to set up multiple microphones in front of the guitar because when we thought we had everything under control, we then realized we were not in control. Now, ultimately, God is in control of all things. I'm kind of giving away my message already, but we need to recognize that if something's not working out the way that we want it to, it's ultimately not because we are in control or not control. It's because God either doesn't want that to happen and he has a different plan or he's allowing it to happen. So anyways, let's move forward. You see, we started this new summer series with the pondering on the idea of wisdom. And we're looking to Proverbs this summer to see God's wisdom for living. And we've been talking about where do we look for wisdom? Because far too often we don't look to God for wisdom as we should. We don't look to God's word, the Bible, for wisdom as we should. Or at the very least, we look everywhere else first, and God is the last thing. And as the children's message did a great job of showing us, that is if we still have room for it at the end of the night. And if you're honest with yourselves in your heads, I I think you could probably agree, or at least some of you, that far too often God ends up getting pushed aside. Well, I'll do my devotions the next day. Well, the next day will be better. Well, I know I didn't give as much time to prayer or the reading of God's word as maybe I wanted to, but tomorrow will be better. Here's the thing. We look for wisdom through so many other things. We put our priorities in the wrong places. We look through social media, to Facebook, to friends of whom, in some cases, we haven't seen in years. How many friends do we have on Facebook or Instagram or social media who we haven't seen since high school? Or maybe we haven't seen since middle school? Or I know I have some friends on social media that I haven't seen since elementary school. And yet, these are the people we're looking to for wisdom, for advice for daily living. These very people that you look to for advice to how to live, often you couldn't even stand them in high school, middle school elementary school. You didn't respect them then. You didn't respect their choices then, and yet you're listening to what they have to say for how you should live before going to God. We look to friends. We look to family and even strangers. Yes, we listen to strangers for advice on how to live, for wisdom. We look for wisdom through self-help books, people we've never heard of, and often we don't even study on who this guy is or who this girl is, this lady. We don't look to their background, their education, their, their history of, of do they have a good representation of showing the truth or do they often stretch the truth 
We look to TV shows, talk shows, movies, and even to YouTube. And I look a lot to YouTube for self-help videos, but there's certain things that we can look to YouTube and social media and other things. Okay, it might be okay to look up on YouTube for some of you how to screw in a light bulb. Okay, I'm hoping that none of you really look to YouTube for how to screw in a light bulb. Um, If so, please call me. I will come put in a light bulb for you. But seriously, we look to YouTube for how to work on our cars or do electrical work or drywall work. I mean, this is just me, home improvement stuff, because often I'm too cheap to pay somebody. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But here's the point. There is a lot of things in your life that you need to recognize first, you need to go to God. Proverbs is all about giving us wisdom for living. God gives wisdom for living. We have a sovereign God. If you could go to that next slide, Will or Ian, we have a sovereign God and we must submit to him and his rule. Do not be afraid. As that video reminds us, do not be afraid. God is sovereign. Our Lord is sovereign and he is ultimately in control. We have a sovereign Lord and we must submit to him. Submit to him as king and as Lord of your life. Let's read from Proverbs 16, one through five now. I do not have it on the screen today. And that is why I encourage all of you to open your Bibles, the pew Bibles, your personal Bibles, your cell phone Bibles, your tablets. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like a free Bible, see me, we'll get you one after service. But please follow along. Chapter 16 of Proverbs, verse one. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Verse four, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Verse 10, an oracle is on the lips of a king. His mouth does not sin in judgment. A just balance and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. It is an abomination to kings to do evil, for the throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of a king, and he loves him who delights what is right. A king's wrath is a messenger of death, and a wise man will appease it. In the light of a king's face, there is life, and his favor is like the clouds that bring the spring rain." Thank you for following along. As I move forward, let me just read those first three verses once again. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. We're gonna speak about the sovereignty of God today. And obviously this is a topic which you can spend your entire lives studying and we're still not gonna fully understand. And you know why? Because God is sovereign and we're not. What is sovereign? What does it mean to have a sovereign Lord? The way I like to describe it is simple. And it's this, God is in complete control. 
Because of this, everything that happened in the world either happens because he caused it or because he allowed it. And this is where we start with Proverbs 16, verse 1 to 3. See if my remote's working now. There it is. Point number one is this. The sovereign Lord is in complete control. Always. I wish I were to wrote that underneath. The sovereign Lord is in complete control. Always. Now, the dictionary definition of sovereign is to possess ultimate power, to be a supreme ruler. And there are many people who either have lived before us or live in the present day or will live in the future that think they are sovereign. Maybe you've met somebody in your life, maybe your upbringing, maybe a parent, maybe a family member, maybe a teacher, somebody who you feel like just right now, sovereign. Hmm, yeah, I once knew somebody who thought they were an ultimate power, who thought they were the supreme ruler, who thought they did not need to listen to anybody or anything. But you see, there are also many sovereign rulers, supreme leaders in our books and in our movies. There are even countries and nations around the world, both in the past and the present, who believe themselves to be sovereign. But we can look to history and we can look to the Bible and see that these sovereign people and these sovereign nations, these sovereign characters, these sovereign book characters and movie characters, they do not always survive forever. They do not always stand up forever. They will fall. They will have a demise. Now, here's a spoiler warning. As Jessica mentioned, you are allowed to have movies, but you need to make sure that that God comes first. Well, I've watched some movies, and I've watched the Star Wars movies, and this might be a spoiler for you, but you've had quite a bit of time to watch it, that even in the new Star Wars um, saga, the new episodes, there is a supreme leader, or one could also see him as a sovereign leader as you're watching this, as his name is the supreme leader, Snoke. Now, Snoke, ultimately, in all his power, ends up dying. And in the very end, we end up finding out that he was created by another being who was more powerful than him. Guys, this is just like us. We think we are all powerful. We think we're all knowing. We think we don't need the wisdom of God. We think we don't need to follow his complete control always. We want to make our own way. But when you look at our life, it is small. It is little. And we will ultimately die just like Snoke, just like these nations which have had great demise, great tragedies and have fallen. The Roman Empire at one time was thought to be the greatest empire that would ever exist, yet it also would fall. We know that someday all will fall and Jesus will come and make a new eternal kingdom. The Lord our God is the one true God, the creator of all things, present, past, and future. He is the one and only, the true supreme and sovereign ruler. He is the Lord. He is sovereign. He is in complete control always. He's the only one in control. As we were reminded this morning, as Dustin's guitar wouldn't work, and then we had microphone issues, and then over and over again, we think we're in control, but then we're reminded we're not in control at all. Now, I had one of my deacons remind us as we were praying for the service this morning that when, when things start messing up in our life, we can also recognize, and, and our control is falling aside, we can also recognize that God has greater plans. Our plans fall, but they focus us on God's plan, which is always better. 
It is in him and through him that we find life. We find knowledge, we find strength and peace, all found in him, both now and forever. Isaiah 45, five to seven, if you're taking notes, is a great one to reinforce some of these ideas. Listen to this, of what God tells us. He says, I am the Lord. There is no other. I am the Lord. There is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. Now, as if it wasn't enough for God to tell us this once, he's gonna say it a second time. I am the Lord, verse six, and there is no other. I don't know about you guys, but I sometimes need this wake-up call because even when start, things start falling out of my control, I try and still reach, I try and work harder, I try and find that control once again, but God is like knocking you upside the head and saying, hey, dummy, look to me. I'm trying to give you a wake-up call. You're not in control, I am. And he says again, I am the Lord. There is no other. Now, how much is he in control? He says, I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. The light and the darkness, the prosperity and the disaster, he is in control of all things, or he allows all things. Now, some of this we just don't understand, and I definitely can't explain in a 25-minute message but I do love this next verse. It's Psalm 92, verse five to six. It gives a comparison to how great our wisdom is, or lack of great, in comparison to God. Psalm 92, five to six in the ESV says it like this. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know, the fool cannot understand. We wanna think we know more than God but we are fools in comparison to his knowledge, in comparison to his ways. God knows all things, past, present, and future. There is no limit to his knowledge, no limit to his power, no limit to his control. He knows everything before it happens. The Lord is sovereign. He is great, he is mighty, and he is in complete control always. He created all and he controls all. The skies proclaim his handiwork. The heavens declare the work of his hands, Psalm 19.1. And time and time again, we can look to history, both in the Bible and our history books in our houses and our schools, and we're seeing nations which fall, people which fall. And you know why they ultimately fall is because they're not following God's steps. They're not following God's ways. And remember what we read, the plans of the heart belong to man but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. We can make all the plans we like, but if they don't go along with God's plan, they're not gonna come to be, or they're not gonna work out as they should be. We will continue to fall until we recognize our sovereign Lord, until we submit to him. So we must submit to God for wisdom for daily living. Proverbs 19.21 says, "'Many are the plans in the mind of a man.'" but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We make plans. I make plans, you make plans, but ultimately God decides if they will come to be. Let's move on. In verses four to five, we see that the sovereign Lord will judge and punish 
evil. Let me read this to you. Verse four and five says this. The Lord God has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Now, I already know many of you can think about many different directions to take this one verse. And people spend their entire lives just kind of debating these ideas in this one. How will the sovereign Lord judge and punish evil? How does he control evil? How does he in some way allow evil to happen? No one likes to hear this. In fact, this is one of the things that's just really hard to swallow in life. But it does not mean that it's not true. Bad things happen. But God knows all, he controls all, and he judges all. Now, this speaks of the arrogant in heart. Now, it's not necessarily speaking of the Hitlers of the world and the people who do terrible, terrible deeds, but speaking about the arrogant of heart. Now, it doesn't mean that all those other deeds, all those other people of history are not bad. They are. That is sin. But right now, it makes it kind of personal to our own lives, doesn't it? That he's talking about commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established, but everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. So what does it mean to be arrogant in our heart, to be conceited, to be egotistical, to think that we know all things and God doesn't know all things, to think that maybe we know it all and he doesn't and we shouldn't follow him, we should follow us. Let me tell you this, God even knows what happens in the secrets of our mind. God knows what happens behind closed doors. And there's consequences to breaking the law. He will judge. And will we spend our time in eternity, in hell or in heaven? Because there is a literal hell. But praise God, there's also a literal Jesus. There is a real Jesus who saves us. And the sovereign Lord Although he is just, he is also graceful and loving to us and gave us Jesus to take the punishment. Jesus is the answer to sin and the salvation from hell. Jesus is also the way to eternal life with God in heaven. Jesus took the punishment that we deserved. Next, as I'm trying to move quickly through these, the sovereign Lord saves and rewards those who trust and submit to him. Proverbs 16, 6 to 9. I encourage you to look back at these later on today or throughout the week and see how these relate to each section. We naturally move on from God having sovereign control, ultimate control, complete control all the time to the sovereign Lord judging and punishing evil to now the sovereign Lord saves and rewards those who trust and submit to him. Let's read this. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So there's, again, a lot of directions we can go here, some of which I even want to take a step aside right now and go different than notes. For instance, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord does establish his steps. Right there is a reward and a blessing that if we do plan our ways in a way that follows God's ways, the Lord does establish his steps. He makes them come to be. That is a blessing. That is a reward. But here's two quick ideas I had in my notes. 
One, the cross of Jesus proves that God not only can use the evil acts of man to accomplish his plan, but also that the sovereign Lord saves and rewards and blesses those who submit to him. Guys, we are blessed with life, blessed with eternity, life with him, a life to glorify him and enjoy him forever if we submit to him. And it's not just about being saved from hell or saved from punishment, saved from the wrath of God. We get that too. But we get to spend eternity with the God of all creation, the God of the universe. Number two, the sovereign Lord makes your enemies at peace with you. This is another way that the sovereign Lord saves and rewards those who trust and submit to him. Now, I don't think this means that your, your enemies just disappear. I don't think this means that your enemies just become friends. Now, I, I do believe this happens sometimes. As you work through problems, your enemies become a friend. As your enemies see the love of Christ in you, love in action, our enemies come to be a friend of God and therefore also a friend of ours. But this does not always happen. But if we read this again, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. What I believe it to mean is as we please the Lord, God pleases us by taking our enemies' sights off us. They're no longer actively pursuing us. But even if they are, it doesn't have the same type of power over us because our eyes are focused on God, not on them. Lastly, point number four, the sovereign Lord majestically and divinely rules over the world. Let me read this last one to you. An oracle is on the lips of a king. His mouth does not sin in judgment. A just balance and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. Notice the transition from Lord to king as it starts replacing Lord with king. It is an abomination to kings to do evil. For the throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of a king, and he loves him who speaks what is right. A king's wrath is the messenger of death, and a wise man will appease it. In the light of a king's face there is life, and his favor is like the clouds that bring the spring rain. The sovereign Lord majestically and divinely rules over the world as king. And beside him is our King Jesus ruling over majestically, divinely with him. If you're following after the sovereign Lord, you need not be afraid. Let me remind you to that video that we watched in the beginning. Our sovereign Lord is in control of all things. Remember that? We need not be afraid because he loves you and he has a plan for you. And our plans are established when we follow God's plan. If you're following after the sovereign Lord, you need not be afraid because Jesus will light the way of your life. He guides our ways, he creates peace and will bring with him in the future a new eternal kingdom. You need not be afraid. God rules as a king over your life, but like a peasant, like a servant, we must obey him. We must submit to him. Colossians 1.16 says that God created all things and holds all things together both in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible. Set your problems at the feet of God. Let the one who holds all things together piece your life together. God can do and will accomplish all things. He can do all things. 
Nothing is too difficult for him. We exist to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. But you can't glorify God and enjoy him forever if you're not submitting to him or you're just constantly gonna be in a battle as you're trying to have both things. Jeremiah 32, 17 tells us, "'Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and an and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you." Or as a friend shared this week with us, Exodus 14, 14 says, "'The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still.'" God is in control. We do not need to be afraid. Our sovereign Lord is in control of all things. And God being sovereign is great news. So here's my simple challenge for you today. The take home is submit to the sovereign Lord and his divine rule today. Where do you need to submit to him today? Where do you need to recognize that he is ultimately in control? And because of him being sovereign We recognize that it means he can take evil and everything bad that happens in the world and in your life and use it for good. It means that God will have the last word. It means that those evil people, those evil situations that you find yourself in and you think, why does this happen? They deserve to have some punishment. It means they will have punishment. It means that all things will be judged. But at the same time, it means that We need to submit to him because he is sovereign and we are not. In what ways, in what areas do you need to submit to him in your life? To submit to his rule, to submit to his power, to submit to his wisdom, to submit to his ways, or maybe it just means you need to remember his wisdom. You need to remember his power you need to remember that he is in control and everything that happens is either by his purpose or by his allowance. Guys, I think we've lost our awe of God and we need to come back to be in awe of God and his power. Recognize that he is sovereign. He is in charge and we are not. Scripture tells us that in the end, God's sovereignty will ultimately win. Evil and suffering will not win. We can take comfort in the words of our sovereign Lord, and we can look to his words of daily living, wisdom for daily living. Let's close in prayer. But I do want to remind you that in about 15 minutes, we will reconvene for our business meeting. Please stick around, especially voting members. Please stick around as we vote on this very important direction for this community and this church. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the reminder in Proverbs 16.1 and 16.1 through 15 that you are sovereign. And Lord, this just hasn't even touched the tip of the iceberg. We can spend our entire lives looking to how you are in control always. Lord, you're in control, but we don't submit to you as we should. So Lord, I just pray that today we would all look to our lives, myself included, all of us, and we would see how are we submitting to you? How are we listening to you? How are we obeying you? Are we submitting to you in all ways or just some ways when it's convenient to us? Lord, may we recognize that you are the Lord and King of all creation, all the world, and you hold it together. We thank you that we're not in charge. We don't have all the wisdom because it points us not to ourselves, but to you. May we look to you more today. Amen.
Thank you. You're dismissed, and we're reconvening in about 15 minutes for the business meeting.